Welcome to Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North build a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who was homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Neering. Hey, everybody. It is Lisa Neering from True North Homeschool Academy, and I am here once again with Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. And I'm super excited to have Meredith Curtis on the show with me again today. Hey, Meredith. Hi, Lisa. I'm so excited to be with you. I love talking with you. Oh, it is podcast. so it's so mutual. Um, Meredith, for those of you who don't know, I know Meredith has been a longtime podcaster and blogger and curriculum developer, and you can find her at Powerline Productions. This last year, she joined our team at Junior North Home School Academy, and she's been teaching Who Done It as well as U.S. Lit and Comp. And she's got other great classes coming for the fall, including a new one, Health, and some other things. So I'll put links to that in the show notes. But um, Meredith has been an important part of our team this year. I'm so grateful she's at True North and she's here to do a podcast with me on teaching our kids to the heart, head and hand. I love that because as we enter into such a technological digital world where computers are so important to our everyday life, phones and all the great tech that we have available, it's really important to develop our kids' humanity. So I'm so glad you're here to talk about this important topic. (laughs) Thank you, Lisa. I I kind of, this kind of um, gelled and, and became a reality to me very slowly over time as I was homeschooling. And then also further developed as I was teaching in homeschool co-ops, because I realized that if children don't, if I'll start with teaching to the head, I'll just explain real briefly. So teaching to the head would be just giving them the knowledge and explaining things and letting them and, you know, maybe watching videos together, whatever you do to get that knowledge in them. And then teaching to the hands is giving them something practical to apply in their life so that you're not just teaching them something that they walk away and said, oh yeah, I learned about British literature, but there's got to be something that goes with them so that it impacted their life in a practical way. And then finally teaching to the heart. And that's what I wanted to start with is to motivate them to see the value of learning what you're teaching them. And so one of the things that you and I were talking about before we started the podcast was freedom. And one of the things that we see in our culture right now is a lack of freedom. And a lot of homeschool children are really upset by it. They're upset by the censorship of uh, freedom of speech and all kinds of things like that. But if, if I tell these children who are so concerned about our country, do you know that reading literature and reading good books is related to maintaining freedom in a culture? They would be shocked, of course, but I do that every time I teach a literature class because it's true. Mm-hmm. And if you look back in history, cultures that are free, 
they read. They are strong readers with strong vocabularies, with strong comprehension. And they don't just read twaddle. They read things that are meaty. Mm -hmm. And when you look back at our founding fathers, they were reading books like The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, which is a couple thousand pages. And they were, you know, Adam Smith published his Wealth of the Nations in 1776, which is another hefty book. And, and they were reading, um, they were reading Cicero. And if you mm. read Cicero, he's not light reading. He has a lot to say that they took to heart, even though he was not a believer. And they knew the word. They read the Bible and they knew it. And so when I tell my children um, that I'm teaching my own children and then children that I'm teaching at True North in our class. When I explain to them, see, reading this book, I hope you enjoy it, but it's so much more because this book is growing little pathways in your brain. And this book is increasing your vocabulary and it's helping you comprehend stuff. And if you develop a love of reading, then God can entrust so many things to you and God can use you number one to value freedom, but number two, to impart that to other people. And of course, right along with that comes writing. So that would be one example of teaching to the heart. So you're not just giving kids the information, but you're motivating them to want to learn mm. and to see the value in it. I love how you're tying in literacy to freedom. I don't think we all know that literacy is important, but I don't think many of us have made that direct connection from being literate to really being a freedom lover and a freedom fighter. And that, that is a really important connection. Um, I was on a podcast as a guest several weeks ago and they were saying, well, the whole point of, of America um, education way back when we founded was so that people were literate and no, the, um, the whole reason why the founding fathers and the country had such a high importance on literacy was so that people could read their Bibles and own their faith. And if you yes. read the Bible, you are a freedom fighter. That is the whole point of the Bible <laughs> is spiritual. Exactly. Yeah. No, so that's I so think, true. Yeah. And I, I know that like one conversation I have a lot with people um, in this day and age, Christians who are like, I don't want to hear about politics. It's so negative. And I say, I know, but do you understand that this is a government of the people for the people and by the people? So you're like a leader. And so let's look at this passage in Romans that talks about how leaders are to lead. So my question to you is, are you leading? You know, are you obeying this passage? But if they're not an avid reader of the Bible, and I mentioned that, they have no idea what I'm talking about. So yeah. you are absolutely right. Because the more we deal with ideas, the more we think about ideas and read other ideas and disagree with ideas. Like, I want to always have people in my life I don't agree with because, they stretch me and, you know, they make me question and they make me deal with, with ideas that I haven't thought of before. And if you're not at that place, you can't even value freedom because if you just want to be passively have all your needs met and play video games all day, who cares about freedom? As long as you have the freedom to play your video games, you're going to be satisfied. Mm. But if you're a person who can work with ideas, a person who can discuss ideas, 
care about ideas, follow where ideas lead into action in, in, in families and government and in the individual's lives. If you can be that kind of person, that is the, those are the kind of people who value freedom mm-hmm. and will fight to keep it. Mm-hmm. Right. And the more freedoms you lose, the more freedoms will be lost for future generations. This is an exactly. important thing to remember. Exactly. Um, yeah. I love that teaching to the heart. Literacy is so important as home educators. We all know that, but what is the far view? What is the long view of literacy? It really has to do with freedom. And, and again, we we're raising up leaders and leaders are going to be disagreeing with each other and not always like doing what they're told because there's friction when you have leaders that is part of the homeschool world. Um, when you yes. have, when you're raising leaders, don't expect it to be smooth sailing and your kids are going to do everything you tell them and grow up to be the people you envision them to be. <laughs> they're exactly. going to grow up and be a leader. <laughs> and they're going to question what you taught them. Right. Yes. Which, is, which is what we, what we want. <laughs> but so, so I say that as a way to prepare your mom and dad's heart that if you really do your job well and raise up leaders. There's going to be some friction with that because your kids yes. are going to grow up and have their own ideas and have to wrestle with their own faith and all that kind of stuff too. Absolutely. And you know, Lisa, you and I are both Christian homeschool moms. And I would say the Christian is probably even greater than the homeschooling, though we love homeschooling so much. And one thing I was reading one day, my faith, my life kind of passage is um, from Matthew 28, make disciples of all the nations, going, baptizing and teaching them everything I've taught you. And I was just thinking about the Greek word for disciple means student. And I tell my kids that all the time. Did you know that the Greek word for disciple means student? So if you're a Christian, if you're a disciple of Jesus, that means you're a lifelong student. It means I'm a lifelong student. I tell kids in my co-op this, like, I'm always learning. I'm always growing because it, I don't look just like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I am in a school with him. He's my teacher and I'm learning to become like him Mm. as he fills me and I surrender to him. And there's so much more of the word that I want to learn and understand. And, um, and so I don't think people, you know, when I've said that sometimes to kids, my kid, my own kids are used to, I know mom, we're, you know, students of Jesus. But when I tell kids that the first time in a class, they are, it's kind of new to them. Like most people don't talk about being a Christian as being a lifelong student. And a lot of times there's an attitude among even homeschoolers, much more on public educated kids, but well, I just want to hurry and get all my credits and finish up so I can get my degree. But learning is an exciting privilege, and especially as Christians, because the Bible has something to say about everything. So when I think when we can envision our children, if you're a Christian listening to this and you want to raise your children to be Christian and know Jesus, then I think when you impart to them that the word disciple, Jesus said, come and follow me. And part of following him, he taught them. And then they, they lived it out. So 
our lifetime is going to be a process of learning and it's going to be learning like more factual things and more practical things. Mm -hmm. They're all going to kind of fit together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We could probably talk about this one piece of it for a long time. (laughs) Yes. We need to move on. Don't we? (laughs) Yeah. So teaching to the heart. And then you said teaching to the head and the head is, is knowledge. It's information, right? Yes, it is. The head is knowledge and information. And again, that's where, you know, we can watch a video together. We can read a book out loud together. We can study on our own. We can research. We can learn so many different ways to acquire that knowledge. And I always try to include something that's a little different. So like if we're going through a textbook, I'll try to include some videos or some audios, some podcasts. Um, you know, when we were doing our government class last year, um, with a home, a local homeschool co-op, we, um, watched a lot of PragerU videos because they'll take something really complicated and make it really simple. And they did, they did a lot of things that like, I felt like I would have just gone on and on and on trying to, and then talking about things really helps, I think, in teaching children, um, I used to, I I used to have my kids write book reports um, in fifth or sixth grade, like they'd had to write so many book reports and I still have them learn to write a book report, but I learned like in a book club, they learned so much more because as people share about the book and they hear that it kind of makes them think, oh, wow, I didn't notice that but what about this? And there's some really, so discussion, intellectual discussion, I think is a great way to teach. And as, as we're formulating our answers and responding to people, then we're kind of looking at things in a new way, in a fresh way. So, and of course, like reading, I mean, reading is the main way that we read, that we learn. And even if you go on a website, you read, And I think um, that my goal when my kids were little was to raise people who love to read. So I didn't make them read certain books. I basically gave them a bookshelf and I said, you can read anything that you want, spend this much time a day, write down what you read. And all my children love to read. But when they got older, yes, I would give them certain books. But even then, a lot of times I'd say, okay, read something by Charles Dickens. I don't care what it is, but I want you to read him. And um, of course, when I teach classes in co-op, you can't just say, okay, everyone read whatever you want. <laughs> but um, that, I think, I think instilling somehow a love of reading can really help because so often kids don't understand things because when they read a textbook, or they read a book about something, they just don't get it. And um, so I I think all of that would encompass teaching to the head. Mm -hmm. And and I think you had, you had touched on having discussion and good intellectual discussion. And I think as parents really understanding dialectic discussion and leading our kids with questions is Mm. so important. This is such an important part of how Jesus taught and Paul taught is dialectic intercourse with, with others who were generally interested and wanted to know, but it's also a great tool for us as parents 
as we're really trying to help our kids learn to think and, and learning to think is actually a a skill. (laughs) Not everybody just knows how to think logically and well. And so dialectic discussion can be a great way to train your kids to think well about things. Oh, I love that, Lisa. That is really good. Did you do classical education with formal logic and things like that? We did. Yeah. Um, Formal logic really cooked my grits. (laughs) (laughs) It is not a natural gift I have. Let me write formal poetry, (laughs) but not don't you wish people, I mean, that's the one thing I think, like we did not do classic classical education. We did more eclectic, but in, in junior high, I had my children take a year of Latin and a year of formal logic so that, and even to this day, I notice a difference between children who have taken formal logic and children who have not. They recognize false do you call it false arguments? Well, you can have a valid argument. That's not true. That right. I think was my biggest takeaway about logic is that it can be a logical argument and totally valid, but completely untrue. Mm. And I think in today's discourse, we really can, we, we get confused about that. We feel like if it's a logical argument, of course it's true. Right. And there's a big difference between capital T truth and validity. So, and there's so much more to learn about, about logic and formal logic. One of the things I, I, we were doing a study of acts at the same time we were doing formal logic with my very youngest and Paul is the master of logic. I mean, we just, he is, he is such a beautiful mind to study just the way he sets up arguments. And um, I mean, he was, he was probably a choleric, you know, quirky, irritating kind of person, (laughs) super intellectual, super smart. We all know the type, but, um, but wow, his, just the way he led people to a logical conclusion was masterful. And so, um, yeah, if anybody out there is doing formal logic with your kids, Acts is a great book to study. And by the way, Memorial Press has a great study on Acts, which I highly recommend. Um, oh, that's a awesome. side note there. Yeah, <laughs> that was that a fun year, awesome. honestly. <laughs> well, yeah. I feel like um, they should take a year, no, a summer, and everyone who is in Washington, D.C. should take a formal logic course. <laughs> it would change our world. <laughs> it would change a lot of things. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But you hit on something with in in teaching in teaching kids. I think two things like learning logic, learning how to think, but then also learning to test everything with the word of God. Because like you said, just because something is logical doesn't mean it's true, but we do have a measuring rod of truth and that's the word of God. Yeah, exactly. And really studying. And that's again, how to teach our kids how to think because the Bible, the Bible is, there's a lot in there over so many thousands of years, with a lot of writers, and it can seem confusing the first 20 or 30 times through, right? Yes. <laughs> like you can't just read the Bible once and get it, or even like over 50 years, you're still kind of going, wait, what, what is that even make sense about? And so, yes, the Bible is definitely uh, what it shines light on everything, but we have to be students of the word too. Yes. We have to really dive into it and go after it. Um, if our faith is going to be alive and well, we have to nurture it. And that means studying the Bible too. So amen. I agree with that, that completely. Yes. Yes. Okay. And then teaching to the hand. 
Okay. Yeah. I just had to stick with an H, right? (laughs) I love it. um, (laughs) The teaching, teaching to the hands would be anything that's practical application. So it's really easy in some subjects. Um, if you're doing, if you're doing fractions, then all children know that you should be able to divide up a pizza evenly so that no one (laughs) doesn't get their spare share. Or, you know, if there's candy, you, you know, division, you've got to be able to divide a bag of candy evenly so that everyone gets their fair share. So there's some concepts that are really easy to apply and they don't take a lot of time, but other subjects are harder. For example, history or, um, or literature. Sometimes, you know, you're reading through different literature. My favorite literature is British literature. It's just so amazing. And I love reading authors like Jane Austen, who is so just, she just goes into such depth and her characterization. And I love the sister relationships in her book. Um, so then what does that have to do with life? And, and, and the hands-on part can be abstract because art, paintings or music or literature, it connects to the human soul and in some way conveys that experience that all people, not all people have a sister, but most people do. And there is that relationship that is unique. And when you read Jane Austen, you can kind of connect with that or a bad relationship with a parent or a good relationship with a parent or a challenging relationship with a parent. You can connect with those things emotionally. And so again, like there's some things in applying it, it can be more abstract. Like how did you, how do you personally feel when you're reading this? And how do you think someone that was in this kind of situation would feel when they read that same book? So it can go from the really practical, from dividing a pizza to just sort of examining things psychologically or emotionally. Um, I think in a practical way for most homeschooling parents, families, teaching to the hands would be giving them something to get their hands dirty. I I think of it like, get your hands dirty, make a volcano that explodes, do science experiments, make crafts. When we studied Lewis and Clark, Lewis and Clark, is like the easiest thing to do a million crafts with, you know, you learn dead reckoning, you make a keel boat, you make those purses that they kept their secret documents in and all these different things all those different things attach all the information to the fun of doing things hands-on. And for a lot of hands-on experiences, they allow you to, maybe everyone's reading a different textbook on the Lewis and Clark expedition. They're reading at different levels and they're learning less or more depending on their age. But then when they get together and they all go out and they use a compass to get from one place to another, it brings a sense of camaraderie for all different ages and all different ages can learn together. Mm. So in my experience, hands teaching to the hands has not only been practical, but it's bridged our family together because different ages can do that at the same time. I love it. I, one of the things I've noticed about a lot of the curriculum that you've published is that it's very project-based And, and I love that because really you're taking the theory that we're learning by books 
and the podcasts and the movies and everything. And you're, you're putting it into practical application with right. the, the, you know, making the, doing the dead reckoning and making the pouch and all those kind of things. So I love that is such a great way to teach kids is you teach theory and then you do the application. It's like how we've learned anything, like how to cook, you read the cookbook right. and like after 40 years of making a quiche, you're not, you're the cookbook <laughs> and you know, <laughs> you know, if you don't have five eggs, it's not going to be the end of anything. <laughs> you just go with the eggs you have. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And oh, go ahead. No, it's, it's just such a great way. It's such a great way to teach and to learn is that it's not just one side or another. It's, it's, it's just so integrated. Yes. And it, I wanted to just give a couple examples if I could, of just the practicalness of teaching to the head, the heart and the hands. For instance, my son, Jimmy, when he was in high school and my daughter shine, they both learned sound acoustics. And in a practical way, I went to both of them and I said, we have a need here for sound people. And this would be a skill that you can learn and do now. And, you know, there's other people who could do it. Like if you don't want to do it right now, you don't have to, but this could be a lifelong skill. So for the rest of your life, when you're part of a church, and they need a sound person, you would be able to be a sound person for them. So it will open doors for ministry, but there's a lot of practical things you have to learn. So they needed to learn about sound waves. They need to learn about um, the different frequencies of sound and how they interact. Um, and they needed to learn to fix equipment. So all that was like, there was a lot of head knowledge too. And then there was the practical where they would mix sound during a church service and how they mix sound really would impact how the worship team sounded, how the pastor sounded. Um, if they forgot to record, then no one who was teaching in children's ministry got to hear that sermon that week. So there was there was teaching to the the heart to motivate them. Here's why this would be a great thing to learn. Then to the head, what they did have to learn in the practical. And then in the hands, everything they learned was hands-on. Another example, and I'm going to be teaching health at True North, and this is a really good example, that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. If we're believers in Jesus, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. And God formed us together in our mother's womb. And so our bodies are really precious, and we get this privilege of taking care of them. So that is teaching to the the heart and then the head there's so much information like this is how the respiratory system works this is how the oxygen is exchanged in the lungs this is how the heart works this is where when you eat food this is where the carbohydrates are digested this is where the fats are digested and that's why sometimes if you eat really fatty you get a pain right here so you're learning all this information but then it's practical so we learned about the respiratory system and we learned about this thing that you need for it, you know, that helps it, vitamin C or maybe the thyroid and iodine. And then practically, how can you eat foods that will help this system that we're learning about? Or we learn about the heart and what kinds of exercise do we need? But we don't stop there. Then our kids do an exercise program. That includes stretching, that includes balance, that includes cardiac, that includes um, weight training. And that's practical because we want them 
in, in that class, the high school health, that yes, they're going to learn about what they should do, but they're going to actually do it. And hopefully it will become a pleasant habit that they'll carry out for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. So when you're thinking about a class, either teaching your own children or like me being a teacher at True North, then I want to think in terms of, I want to motivate these children to know how their bodies work so they can glorify God in really practical hands-on ways. So I hope that kind of sums up the mentality behind teaching to the heart, to the head, and to the hands. Mm, That's a great, those are both great, great examples. I'm super excited about the health class you're going to be teaching because as a, as a former nurse, you bring so much practical Mm -hmm. wisdom and academic wisdom (laughs) to this (laughs) class and how, boy, there's so many health issues to think about right now, just with with food and medicine. And I'm, we're not even going to get very political, just you know, what kind of choices to make at the grocery store can be really, well, full of decisions. (laughs) Yeah. And we're going to talk about diabetes. We're going to talk about some thyroid issues and we're even going to mention, um, you know, just so you parents know, if you're going to come to true North and take this class next year, um, we are going to mention STDs and some of the things that happen and um, nothing uh, in depth as far as, you know, everything's really tasteful, really, um, above board, but the, I think that's true. Like kids get their wisdom teeth out a lot of times in high school or college. So we're going to talk about that. Like when you get your wisdom teeth out, um, how can you have the easiest time possible and things like that. So it's going to be a really fun class, I think, because, but more than that, it's going to be really practical Mm -hmm. because our bodies are very intricate. Mm -hmm. And I know as a nurse that our health is so interrelated. And I remember being a surgical nurse and just knowing that however healthy these people were, that that would determine how their surgery went. Like even more so than who the surgeon was, it would determine their health level would determine the outcome of their surgery the most and how fast they recovered and how, you know, everything went. So that was, that was just, you know, I want to put all that into that course. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a great course. I'm, so I'll put the link in there for people to find it. So if you're interested in taking classes with us, once classes are full this year, they're full. <laughs> so sooner than later is probably better. Um, so much to think about in this podcast, teaching to the heart, hand, and head, and teaching with intention. Meredith, thanks for joining me today. Um, if you guys have any questions or comments about this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Um, what it, what's your takeaway? How are you teaching to the head, hand, and heart with your kids at home? And um, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We'll talk to you next week, everyone. Hey, everybody. This is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. And I just want to remind you that you can find all of our classes and clubs, testing, advising, mom's membership, and more at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. We do offer live online, dynamic, interactive, small group classes. So when your students take classes with us, they're not in a a Zoom room full of 100 people. We keep our class sizes small so that the students get to know both the teacher and their fellow students. 
We um, use a lot of different technology to make the classes dynamic and interactive, including presentations, projects, breakout rooms, virtual whiteboards, and more. Um, we like to say that we use time-tested educational pedagogy coupled with cutting-edge technology to bring the best educational opportunities to your students in, in the privacy of your own home. We do provide syllabus and grading for all classes. Um, clubs are more relaxed, so we don't provide syllabus or grading for those, but you can certainly use our clubs for the transcripts, and we'd love to help you know how to do that. Stay tuned this year, 2022, for some exciting new um, classes and clubs being offered by True North M School Academy. Um, we're also going to be offering an honor club, dual enrollment, and so much more. We are honored to partner with you as you homeschool your children. Again, check out truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. And thanks for listening to today's podcast.